Yep, it's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf expert, the golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. It's the Travelers Championship this week, PGA Tour. They go ahead, they return back to Cromwell, Connecticut. They're going to go ahead and tackle the TPC River Highlands. Once again, last week, uh, we saw John Romney went ahead. He took down the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. That go ahead and earn his first major. And that certainly was a crazy Sunday afternoon. Uh, all hell broke loose on the back nine. Uncle Dave and I, it felt like we had some pretty good results there. Uh, we did not have the winner in John Rom, but we did cash uh, some pretty decent tickets. So we'll go ahead. We'll try to do that again for you guys this week at the Travelers. Uh, last year's champion at the Travelers, Justin Johnson. He's going to go. He's going to return as the second favorite right now, uh, right around 12 to 1 odds. Favorite for this year's Travelers Championship is going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you can find him right around 11 to 1 at some of the sports books. So pretty much neck and neck uh, odds wise between DJ and Bryson right now. Both of these golfers were both present last week at the U.S. Open. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll see how they do this week. Uncle Dave, with all the particulars out of the way. Let's go ahead and get right into it for our new listeners. Here's how we're going to go ahead and do this. Uncle Dave and I will cover first-round leaders, head-to-heads, make and miss the cut, top 40s and top fives. And, of course, Uncle Dave and I will go ahead and give out our winners. And we also have a new feature for this week, and we're going to go ahead and continue to do this each and every week. We're going to go ahead and give you guys our diamond in the rough best bet. With all that said now, the way Uncle Dave – First round leader, who are you looking at for this week? Yeah, I got a few sleepy. You know, I always kind of like to try to find those. I, you know, maybe it's the maybe it's the sheer fun of winning a longer shot early. I don't know, but yeah, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to take Bryson at 25 to one. I, mean, I think that's a better bet than taking him at, at whatever he is to win. You know, the obvious question: How does the back nine at Torrey Pines affect this week? Well, I think the fact that Kepka is also in this tournament and beat him last week, I think that motivates him quite a bit. And Although he doesn't have a history of great first rounds, you know, at 25 to 1, he's worth a look, especially when you consider he did shoot a 65 on Thursday here last year. Um, but the guy I was on last week, uh, Abraham Answer, first round later, I uh, did have him to do well at the U.S. Open, and he didn't. But to me, that's not a reason not to look at him, again, for many of the same reasons. He was, he was eighth here in 2019. I think he shot a 64 first round, a 63 fourth round. I think last year he was – he was 11th. I think he had four rounds in the 60s. One of them was a 65, so he's obviously comfortable here. Uh, and with that said, Sleepy, I'm also going to throw him in top 30 at minus 120. I, I think that's a gift. Um, guy we've used off and on, Patton Kazire, 90 to 1. Um, he's either going to make the cut or lead after the first round. Last year he shot three sixty sixes and a 67. And he missed the cut at the Memorial and the Palmetto, so he's not coming in hot, which, of course, is why he's 90 to 1. But prior to that, he had four rounds in the 60s, a 66. In December and January, he had four straight opening rounds in the 60s, one of them was 64. So the price is right, and he's done well on this particular course. Uh, and lastly, Patrick Reed at 40-1. to 1. He is fourth on tour in opening round scoring. And I think he has something to prove here after last year uh, when he opened with a 70, which uh, if you look at last year's scores, that was kind of high. But he finished Sunday with a 64, so I think he's looking forward to this one more than maybe we think. Uh, and do we take the guy that's fifth in opening round scoring, was eighth here two years ago, and finished 19th in the U.S. Open last week? 
I'll let you guys decide whether we take Brian Harmon this week or not. All right, well, there's a bunch of first-round leaders there from Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, I was thinking about answer, and I'm thinking about where to use him. I see everybody likes him this particular week. Uh, I'm guessing you probably have him on your card somewhere. So I kind of left him off of mine, but he was certainly a consideration. But it was funny when you said, well, I'm going to go ahead and use Bryce, and I thought about using him too. And I'm like, is, is that going to be like super square? And then I'm thinking about it, and I almost talked myself into it because his odds were like, 31 to 1 to be the first round leader at Fandle. And I'm like, man, that's juicy. But what I ended up doing, I ended up falling on Hoffman at 50 to 1. You know, I think Hoffman certainly has a shot to be the first round leader. He's going to end up with an early tee time, and he's been good on these particular type of courses. You know, he's had some notable finishes here uh, 15th, 3rd, 25th, 26th, a 7th, and a second place finish as well. And as I mentioned, you know, with these particular courses that are pretty much similar to the RBC and the Zurich, he's been there recently, and he's done well at both. He had a T18, a T11 finish at both of those particular courses. I feel like his putting is going to be where he's going to make his hay. Right now he's 88th in putting. His ball striking is very good at 39th shot gained uh, at 19th. So I feel pretty good about Hoffman being close, if not maybe the first-round leader. At 51, I feel that that's a pretty decent bet there on Charlie Hoffman. I'll be rooting for your Bryson too, because I was going to play that. I might actually plug that one in today there, Uncle Dave, uh, as well. Let's jump over to our make and miss the cut. Now, I have a couple here that I like, and then I have a couple that I'll throw out there as well, um, just to go ahead and consider. I couldn't find them at any of the sports books, but Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and rip a run first, make and miss the cut. What do you got? Yeah, there's not a smorgasbord of offerings out there right now as far as make and miss the cut goes. And I thought about taking your boy Sam Burns to miss the cut, as you so eloquently cashed last week. But a guy I am going to take, Cam Smith at plus 175, to miss the cut. And after he won in New Orleans in late April, shooting not one but two 63s, he's had eight straight rounds of 72 or worse. He's a great putter, has reasonable approach shots, but he's terrible off the tee. He only hits 58% of his fairways, and that just won't cut it most weeks, so I'm making a bet on him to miss the cut. That is an all-time great pick announcement. I am standing and applauding. I also have Camp Smith here to go ahead and miss the cut. Now, this was one of the ones that I couldn't find odds on, but I think DraftKings actually just posted them at plus 175 to go ahead and miss the cut. So I didn't have a write-up for him, but he was one of the guys that I had listed here. I also had Tringali. And I also had Taylor Gooch both to go ahead and miss the cut. Now, I could not find odds on them. Those guys haven't been good here. And I'll throw Cam Smith in there as well. He hasn't been good at this particular venue either. Uh, all those three guys that I just mentioned, um, they've been cut here multiple times. Tringali has a T71, T69 finish, so uh, right on the fringes of missing the cut as well. Here are the two guys I'm going to go ahead and play. First one, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Matthew Wolf to miss the cut at plus 110. I'll make a pizza bet on this. He's been MIA, you know, for a while, and he did play strong at the U.S. Open, but I feel like he's just a little too erratic. His odds to make the cut were as high as minus 170, and those odds are going ahead, and they're falling now down to minus 148 to go ahead and make the cut. So I feel like he could probably do that, so it'll be Matthew Wolf for me, plus 110 to go ahead and miss the cut. And I'm also going to go ahead, and I'm going to play Max Homa to go ahead and miss the cut, plus 160. He's been feast or famine. If you go back... And you look at what Homa has done. He's either finished in the top 25 or he's been cut 
going all the way back to February. So you could probably attack him in both ways. Either play him to miss the cut or play him to land in the top 25. That's been his trend since February. He didn't play at the RBC this year, and I think that that's probably a negative because the RBC is being considered extremely similar to this particular course. You need to be able to putt here. Homer right now, 117th in putting, 111th in ball striking. I don't think that's going to go ahead and get it done here for him. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Max Homa to go ahead and miss the cut at plus 160. Why don't we jump into some head-to-heads here, Uncle Dave. I have a weird one here that you can only find, I believe, at FanDuel right now. It's going to be the top Italian player. And I'm going to go down. I'm going to play Guido Migliozzi at minus 110 over Francesco Molinari. I feel like Migliozzi right now should probably be brimming with confidence. And Molinari, he hasn't exactly been lights out at this particular venue. Uh, he has a T57, a T47, and a T25 finish. Now, for Migliozzi, he hasn't been here before, so I think that is a little bit of a knock. But I feel like his T4 strong finish there at the U.S. Open, that it just opened up a ton of things. He got an invite to the Masters and so much more. You know, this has to be the time for him to go ahead and break out. And Molinari, he hasn't been super active, and he really hasn't been super efficient. But he did place well last week at the U.S. Open, finishing 13th. I feel like this is going to be more of a fun bet for me. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Migliozzi over Molinari, and you can get that at minus 110. That's what I'll do for my head-to-head or my speciality prop there, Uncle Dave. Who are you looking at this week for head-to-heads? Um, yeah, I've bet a couple so far, Sleepy. Um, I bet Emiliano Grillo over Bubba. And I'm actually looking for Grillo to do well here this week, and I hadn't found the right slot. But when I saw him at this price to beat someone everybody knows, it was a green light to make that bet. And I'm going to take another guy that you just finished throwing out of the bus, Cameron Tringali, minus 110 over Aaron Wise. You know, and, and Tringali, as I said earlier, he's the best first-round player on tour. He's another guy that I'm looking to find a home for uh, beyond this one. And Wise is a young kid from South Africa. I like his longer-term prospects. But so far, he's only made the cut in 55% of the events he's played, and he's a terrible putter. And as you alluded to just a little bit ago, that's probably going to be real important this week. So those are two that I can say with confidence I've already put money on. All right, well, there's a good handful of head-to-head props for me, Uncle Dave. Let's jump into our top 40s, top 30s, top 20s, top 5s, whatever we got. I have two top 40s here, Uncle Dave. I'll save them. I'll let you go ahead and rip a run. I know you have some top 20s in there as well. What are you looking at this week for your top 40s to top fives? Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Hughes at plus 400, top 20. I mean, you got to wonder how he's going to react after last week. You know, I had it, but I had to do a double take when I saw this. I know he had a collapse at Torrey Pines last week, much to the chagrin of Canada. But, you know, that could be a positive without pressure this week. And he opened last year here with a 60. Uh, or you can get him plus money, I think, at T30 or even plus 140 at T40. So, you know, I look at that, and all he really has to do to cash this one is make the cut. So I thought about maybe if I can find a plus money on him to miss the cut, I, I might do both and guarantee myself a little bit of profit. And Kevin Strillman, top 20 at plus 150. He was second here last year and one shot behind DJ. His worst round was a 67 uh, on Sunday at a 63 on Saturday. The weakest part of his game is putting, so yeah, I have a little trepidation to take him much higher. Uh, but he's still plus in shots game putting overall and did finish 15th last week. He's had T9. Uh, he said nine T25s are better in 25 events this season. And the only caveat there is he's 42. He just played four rounds in the U.S. Open. But 
because he's 42, I think he handles it mentally, and I think he cashes this ticket. Now, there's other guys that I'm looking at slotting somewhere, whether it's top 20, top 30, maybe even to win. You know, Harris English, Scotty Scheffler, uh, one of your boys, Joaquin Neiman. Um, and, you know, do we get some value on Higo this week because, you know, he didn't tear up the U.S. Open well. I think he can relax and go back to playing golf, so I'll probably put him somewhere as well. Yeah, I was looking at Neiman, too, or trying to figure out where to use him. And my card was starting to get a little lengthy, so I'm not necessarily sure, you know, where to go ahead and plug him in. But I'll probably find uh, myself going ahead and plugging in that Bryson first round and probably looking to go ahead and find Neiman somewhere somehow. I got two top 40s here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and use Stewart Sink here to go ahead and land in the top 40. Now, you can go ahead and you can get like plus 120 or plus 140 on this, depending on what book you shop at. And I think he has a decent chance right now, 70th in putting overall. Ball striking at 25th, shots gained at 64th. At this particular course, he has done well, and he hasn't done well. He's fired a bunch of 68s here, which isn't insane, but I feel like that's good enough to probably go ahead and get the job done. Last year, no, he fired a second round 76. If that didn't happen, he probably goes ahead and makes the cut, and he has a really good chance to go ahead and finish top 40 at this course. But that was last year, though, and, and this season he's been much better. 11th in the world in the world golf rankings, but I feel like this course is suited for a guy like Sink. You just don't have to be long off the tee. I think ball striking and putting will be key here, and hitting those wedges, I feel like that'll be key, and he's really good at that. He's packed in here with some good golfers on the odds board at 100-1 to to go ahead and win this thing, but Sink has been really good at this course, and he does have experience here, and he was rather consistent last week at the U.S. Open. He did shoot you know, in between 72 and 75 for four straight rounds, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to use him, Uncle Dave, Stewart Sink, top 40. You guys can get that at plus 120 or plus 140. Speaking of a guy that you can get at plus 140, a guy that you had mentioned here, I'm going to go ahead I'm going to play Kazire, top 40. You know, he's one of those guys that when he finds his game, you know, he's generally on point. And this is a course where I feel he can do that there, Uncle Dave. And Kazire didn't play last week in the U.S. Open, so I feel like an extra week off here probably gives him a little bit of an advantage heading into this week. He did miss two cuts in a row prior to last week, and that was at the Palmetto and the Memorial. But prior to those back-to-back cuts, it was back-to-back T3 finishes at the Charles Schwab and the Byron Nelson. You know, his stats say that he could be a factor here. He's one of the best putters on tour, and his last visit here, he was T6. So maybe the time off will do him some good. I certainly think he's good enough to go and hit the board in some capacity. So I'll go ahead and I'll play Kazire top 40 plus 140. Uh, we got our winners left here, Uncle Dave, and we also do have your diamond in the rough best bet. Why don't we jump into our winners? Let me give you a quick one here, Uncle Dave, and I'll save my last one here because I do have a lengthy handicap. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Patrick Reed to go ahead and win this one. And I'm also going to go ahead and I'm going to play Patrick Reed probably in a top 20 here. Didn't officially make this bet, but he's been good here, Uncle Dave. T5, T11, T18. Uh, 24th, 30th. He's he's made the cut here a lot. I think he's only missed a cut here like once. We know how good of a putter he is. I think putter is going to be uh, very, very important this particular week. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use Patrick Reed to go ahead and win. Uh, you can get him right around 22, 25 to 1. And I'll probably go ahead and plug him into a top 20. I'm guessing more than likely it'll probably be somewhere around even money. So I'll go ahead and use Reed here to go ahead and win. Uncle Dave, what do you got for your winners this week? Uh, to win, you know, sleepy. There's a lot of guys to win, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna pile on your Patrick Reed at 22 to one. Um, I have him written down, so we agree on that. He's had a 
64 here on Sunday two years ago. Had four solid rounds here last year. Shot a 67 in the final round last week. And at the Memorial, he shot 69-69 in the weekend. And that's been his trend. So I think uh, if Patrick Reed does well Thursday and or Friday, I love our chances uh, to win that one. And uh, Jason Day at 70-1. to 1. You know, he's 70-1 to 1 for a reason, but, you know, I always got to throw out a few maybe uh, like cash long shots that make me look good. But he had four solid rounds here last year, and he was T8 two years ago. You know, he'd missed three cuts before making the cut at the U.S. Open uh, where he had his two best rounds on the weekend. So maybe he's coming back into form. You know, I think he's got too much talent to be 70-1. to 1. And lastly, is this Tony Finau's week? And I think the question is, if he wins, do you want to be that guy that didn't have a Finau ticket? You know, he shot 68-69 here last year on Thursday, Friday, which wasn't good enough to make the cut. So that's going to tell you how low these scores will probably be this week, uh, assuming the weather is, is cooperative. I haven't checked on that yet, and, and I certainly will. But anyhow, at 28-1, to 1, why not? And, you know, I could have probably found 10 guys that I would pick to win, but we, we just can't do that. You won't see Finau anywhere on my card, Uncle Dave, after last week. I used him, didn't golf well. I'm not going to do it. So the fact that I'm not going to have any Finau, you probably stand a pretty good chance of him going ahead and cashing your ticket. Here's one that I'm really high on, and I was looking for him last week, and that was Keegan Bradley. So I'm certainly going to use him this week. Bradley's only been cut here once in the last 10 years. He does have a T2 finish here and three top 25s over that 10-year sample size. He's taken the last few weeks off. That does raise an eyebrow, but I do think that that's probably, uh, you know, more for a positive for himself. One of the big reasons I like Keegan this week is the road less traveled. You know, he's been off now, you know, for a full two weeks, and I do worry about some of the travel here for some of the particular golfers. You know, you go from the East Coast all the way out to the West Coast and all the way back to the East Coast, now, we don't talk a whole hell of a lot about travel with golfers, but I think that this is a quick turnaround for many of the guys who, you know, who have been golfing the last couple of weeks in a row. I normally wouldn't factor it in, but I think coming off of a major, you would assume a lot more preparation and a lot more stress and the coast to coast thing that I mentioned. I just think that one of the fresher golfers within this field uh, will certainly be Keegan Bradley, and he could probably use that you know, to an advantage here. The issue with Bradley has really just been his putting. And I think the fact that he's probably taken some time off and the putting has been really what's kept him out of the winner's circle, that he probably worked on that the last couple of weeks. I really feel like he has no choice. But Bradley on these Pete Dye courses, you know, he's just been rock solid. He didn't play the RBC, which is a Dye course, but he did play the Zurich and he finished the T4 and he also played the Players' Championship and Bradley finished there at T29. You know, Bradley's from this area. And I feel like he's probably, you know, one of the only real locals that'll be on this course this week. So for me, I feel like there's just too many factors to go ahead and pass up Keegan Bradley at 45 to 1. So that's what I'll go ahead and do there for my winners. Uh, pile on there with Uncle Dave on Patrick Reed and go ahead and give out Keegan Bradley. So with all that said and all that wrapped up, now it's time for our Diamond in the Rough best bet. Diamonds are forever. My best bet this week is Paul Casey, top 20, minus 110. Um, he was fifth here a couple of years ago, 32nd last year, all four rounds in the 60s. He can actually win after, you know, but after finishing seventh last week, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of putting him to win uh, just because of the potential letdown of the U.S. Open. Uh, but he is 13th in shots gained total on tour and third in shots gained on, a, on approach. I think if it's flat stick holds up, as I said, he can win uh, at 18 to 1. He's the fourth favorite to do so. Uh, but I think top 20 at minus 110. If I had to make one bet this week and only one, that would be it. All right, well, there you guys go. That's Uncle Dave's Diamond in the Rough best bet for this week. And that'll wrap up our podcast. Big thanks, Uncle Dave, for jumping on the podcast once again and sharing all his golf knowledge and his bets. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to find Uncle Dave on Twitter as well, at Dave underscore S. And you can always find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for this week's golf tournament. Enjoy the games.